0: Welcome to the Smiling Homeschooler podcast, my name is Ben Wilson and this week we're joined by Tara Bentley from the Indiana Association of Home Educators to talk about state homeschooling organizations and why they're important to be part of. This is relevant and helpful no matter what state you live in, so we hope you enjoy. Before we start, I just want to say thank you to Teaching Textbooks for all their support of The Smiling Homeschooler. They're an amazing math curriculum and we believe they help more homeschoolers smile, so go check them out at teachingtextbooks.com. Also, thank you to Homeschooling Today magazine for their support. If you need more regular homeschooling encouragement, make sure to subscribe to their incredible magazine over at homeschoolingtoday.com. But let's get going. Here's my dad, Todd Wilson.
1: Well, uh, it's been busy around here at the Wilson house. Uh, We finally moved my daughter, Catherine, and her husband into their uh, new old house. Um, We spent the whole week last week working and I told my daughter, I said, or I told my wife, I said, on Sunday night, when we're finished moving them in, I'm done working on their house. And I said, I cannot. I said, we're leaving for Florida in a week and a half. I need some time to get some things together. I cannot. And so I'm a little tired, but we're working hard, getting ready to head down uh, to Florida for some R&R. Plus, we're speaking at a couple places. We'll be at a homeschool group in Lakeland, Florida and on sunday we'll be in uh jupiter florida at calvary chapel it's an awesome church Uh, i'd love to have you stop in and say hey um but we've got a special guest with us today uh tara bentley um and before i give you a chance to say hey um (laughs) tara is like i I was like thinking how do i introduce her she's like she's involved in everything um she has (laughs) more titles than anybody i know um and she's they're, it's always kind of changing and morphing, and she's in charge of this, and then she's in charge of this, and then she's still in charge of everything. So, um but I not met Tara. I met Teres many years ago, and her husband as well. Um, but I saw her again a couple of weeks ago, and I mentioned this last last week's show at the Alliance in St. Louis, and we were had a conversation. And I thought we ought to have her on the show because I think a lot of people need to hear what she has to say. So. Tara Bentley, thank you for being on our show.
2: Hey, thanks for having me from one um, corner of Indiana to the other, right? I should have
1: mentioned she is a Hoosier. That is always should be at the top of anybody's resume. Most important. important aspect.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, now technically I am a Buckeye. I'm gonna give my Ohio a shout out. I mean, I've only lived here for four years. So
1: you're a transplant.
2: I'm a transplant. That's but. okay.
1: We're still but it's about as boring as
0: Indiana is, maybe a little worse uh-huh. even. So, you know, you're right <laughs> in there, yeah. so
2: it's okay. Exactly.
1: Yeah. there's. I If they didn't put a line between us, there wouldn't be any distinction. It's just kind of like true. Illinois, Indiana, Ohio. We just put them all together but and we'll take out the, big the michiganders cities.
0: they're just like they are hardcore like they love michigan yeah. for some reason i don't know
1: but i don't you know, know. I, I think they really could be in canada and yeah. i think you know <laughs> yep. we, the rest of the country wouldn't even know you know <laughs> so um but tara you've been in the homeschool world for a while why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us how you how you started this homeschooling journey, and maybe why you started this homeschooling journey.
2: Sure, um, absolutely. So we started in 2001, actually, which, uh, I mean, 20 some years ago seems like a long time, but um, so many people have been homeschooling for decades longer (laughs) than we were. Um, Our oldest daughter, when she was old enough for kindergarten, though, we had enrolled her in public school. So we were not uh, one of those people who decided to homeschool from the very beginning. Um, I had a friend who said she was going to homeschool. I didn't understand why she would do such a thing. There was a bus willing to take my daughter down the road. And so that's what we did. And so we did that for the four years uh, that she was in school while we lived in Ohio and then moved here to Indiana. So in the End of her sixth grade year we started coming into some problems uh, she was being bullied and just it was not a good fit for us and i say she was being bullied in 2001 and that was pre-social media yeah so you know it's really it's you know today what some of these kids have to deal with um is just unfathomable so but we made the decision it was a temporary decision for us it was only going to be two years And she was going back because there was no way that I thought we were going to homeschool high school. That was absolutely crazier. Like we already thought we were going off the deep end. Um, But within those first couple of years, God got a hold of us and just really changed. Um, And we really saw homeschooling for something more than school at home, something more than a temporary stopgap measure. And so my youngest daughter the my girls are seven years apart so my youngest daughter was in preschool up the road at the time she didn't even finish that first year I call her my preschool dropout so the she went on and was homeschooled all of the way through my oldest uh, finished junior high and high school at home uh, so then both became homeschool high school graduates and uh, just never, eventually, never looked back after that first year. I, I would say after that first winter, especially because being here in Indiana, um, January and February are hard months to homeschool. Hard, hard months. Hard months to so, live.
0: Period. So you know, it, had in homeschooling, yes. <laughs> and it's just like
2: <laughs> climate change really
1: does look good to us here in Indiana. We're thinking. <laughs> This could be a good thing. I'm thinking.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, if we could just get more a day hours of sunlight, like that right, would change everything. be huge for sure. Yeah. What was your so daughter's was,
0: response to that? You know, I mean, did she did they like that the the move?
2: Yeah. So our oldest, when we first made the decision, she was ecstatic. She was so happy. Um, it. She was very enthusiastic about the idea. Um, it, there obviously were some uh, there were some adjustment periods because when you jump yeah. in in the middle, and it's harder. It, it is harder to jump in in middle school. They have established friendships. They, you know, they've been involved in some local activities with other kids. And then you hit the fall and those kids all go off to a brand new adventure and you haven't yet found your way in the local community. So it took us a while to get connected with local support groups. So the first year that was a little bit challenging, but eventually you get in with a local group and you make friends and it was the best decision we ever made.
0: Mm-hmm. So then how did you get involved then with IAHE and how did that all get started? And 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 what
1: why? And maybe you, you know, be, oh yeah, go for before it. you answer that question, mm-hmm. um, I know uh, IAHE is like one of the hardest acronyms to say. I don't know. It's Absolutely. something about those letters that are so hard. And hopefully I got well, it, it right. Too there too too many there many are vowels. a lot of people listening who don't know. Because, you know, for someone who's been in that kind of the homeschool world from... A lot of the state organizations, whether it's CHEO in Ohio or uh, FPA in Florida or MPE in Kansas, Missouri, and uh, CHO in Alaska or in a Hawaii, and all these others, um, they're really just the acronyms for a state organization, usually. Um, right. So, Indiana Association of
2: Home educators. Home educators.
1: I guess there is an H in there. So, yeah. how do you get involved in that?
2: So I've always been someone that if I'm going to do something, I guess I'm going to do it all the way. So we homeschooled for 13 years. I ended up in leadership for 12. So that tells you how quickly I'm just going to jump in there. And so here in Indiana, we have regional reps. So across the state, these are volunteer couples that serve with the state organization and they serve in a region to help answer questions from new families, help get them connected. And so probably um, probably in homeschooling, well, it, it had been a little while, but somehow we became the regional reps probably about 10 years in. And so we started off serving our local community at the state level, um, did that for probably a couple of years, helped out with our magazine, did some other volunteer work, joined the board of directors in two thousand. 12 i think and then uh, became the executive director in 2015. so you, you have known me a long time i've known you a long time todd th- before <laughs> so i've worn a lot of hats because it has been a while yeah
1: it's been a long time well again because i i feel like um for a lot of people listening right now um even when you you talk it feels foreign um even if they've been homeschooling for a while because you know Especially like in our state, and again, there are listeners in all the states. Um, some states are are very aware of their state organizations because they have to be. They have to report to them. Um, right. But like for our state, Indiana, you know what what do you do? You know we don't we don't have to report to you. You know, and you know, I I just thought I homeschooled. You know what is there? I didn't even know there was an organization. What What's the primary uh, use of, maybe not your time, but as an organization, what do you guys do?
2: So, well, let me, let me start by saying, probably the fact that most homeschoolers in Indiana don't know that we exist is probably a catch 22 because it's one of the greatest signs of our success at the same mm. time. So, you know, the organization has been here since 1983. Um, most people, if they are aware of their state organization, either here in Indiana or beyond, it's because they've attended a convention. Uh-huh. So that was obviously how I became aware of our state organization our first year was when I attended our convention in Indianapolis. And that was how I knew I could do it, by listening and being encouraged and um, getting connected with people and speakers. and. It was the convention. And so that is what most people think of when they think of their state organization. So we've obviously had a little bit of a hiatus with our convention over the past couple of years because of COVID. But for the most part, it's really not the bulk of our work. Uh, We serve families 365. Um, I say 24-7 because my inbox is filled with emails from volunteers and people at midnight and 6 a.m. and I've answered emails at Christmas. Um, When parents need answers on how to get started homeschooling, if they have trouble withdrawing their child, if a principal tells them, you can't do that, um, we say, yes, you can. And we will call superintendents, we call principals, we call employers, um, who, who want to know if this homeschooling thing is really valid and that diploma that came from that parent, is it real? And we say absolutely. And so we work with legislators, We build relationships, we deal with media. um we deal with a lot of misinformation. And sometimes our again, our biz- biz- biggest success is when you don't see us. Um, you know, we do a lot of this stuff behind the scenes. Um, we're not showy about what we do often, and we just help families. We provide content and we encourage families, and we've been doing it since 1983. Mm. And, and I, you,
0: obviously, you haven't been involved since 1983, but you, you said you not. started in 2001 with homeschooling, and then you know later uh, with IAHE. But what would you say then, you know, over the years, you feel like the biggest changes have been from when you started to now, uh, you know, just in homeschooling in general and maybe in Indiana specifically as well. But I would say more in general.
2: Um, I would say in general that because people have so many ways to be encouraged, so many ways to learn. Um, you know, that has changed things a lot too. That's one of the reasons that conventions have really shifted, right? You don't need to go to a convention to hear from a speaker because we can listen to podcasts. We can, you know, get connected with a lot of amazing people, amazing leaders, influencers, people who can help you along the way. So that has been one big change. One thing that hasn't gone away is that socialization myth, which is crazy. It's crazy. Uh, (laughs) But and opportunities are just more abundant than they ever were every single year between, you know, activities, events, curriculum, materials. um, And so on the one hand, that's all wonderful. It makes our job on the one hand with as a state organization more challenging, but it's also easier because we have more people that come along you know beside us and help us help families
0: mm. and this again well, this is i want to ask one more follow-up question this is not really anything we said here but do you mm. feel like you know over the last couple of years homeschooling has grown a lot um have you guys seen any change from the as it's become more popular and more mainstream any kind of like Oh, we need to get back involved in this. This, you know, we don't want to just let all of these thousands and millions of people just do stuff unregulated. Has that at all happened in, in this area specifically, but then also as I guess as a whole more. I know we talked about this a little bit the last couple of weeks, but maybe you could speak more specifically to that.
2: Uh, yeah, there is there's both, right? There's this significant growth. There's the people who brought their kids home during the pandemic. And they love it. Like they realize now that they can spend more time together as a family. And people really did, you know, shift around a lot of their priorities and realize what was important to them and realize that, wait a minute, this homeschooling thing can work. And so you have a lot of families who are still trying to figure out how to make it work. And that's wonderful. Um, And then on the other hand, you have all the public schools who are seeing significant decreases in enrollment. And that means decreased funding. And when they see decreased funding, um, that um they want to know that how do we get these kids back? So how do we get these kids back? How do we measure what's happening? We see articles all the time about, you know, public schools and learning loss due to COVID. And yet, overwhelmingly, the homeschool community, we've just carried on, right? We could continue to do 99%, and I'm making that number up, like a made up statistic. Um, you know, we could continue to do the things, you know, you couldn't go do every field trip that you may have done in the past, but for the most part, learning just kept going. And so there's a lot of people that don't like that. They want to challenge it. Uh um, And they want to get these families back into public education.
1: Yeah. Well, it feels a little (laughs) bit like a Lord of the Rings moment, you know, where, where Sauron, the bad guy is defeated. And then everybody kind of gets not complacent but they get used to this freedom and the light and they're just having a great time. And, and really we we've enjoyed that for a while, you know, even in Indiana, uh, we were talking, I don't know, recently about how, when our kids, when we first began to homeschool, you know, we would, we wouldn't go to McDonald's at lunchtime because, or if we did, it, it felt like we were incognito and now everybody's out at McDonald's at lunchtime. So it doesn't matter anymore. You know, right. and, and it's, but, you know uh even the indiana association of home educators they you know there was an email that went out this week i think or and my wife said or she got a thing maybe it was on facebook and it said hey there's a charter school that's having trying to open up and you know we've know we've seen that they want to attach homeschoolers to whatever is there so we need to let them know that we're not okay with this um right like so a lot of the, org- um, all the state organizations, I assume, are kind of watching for the return- rise of Sauron. Um, and they're kind of combing through all the, the stuff that goes across desks. and And you guys do that as well, correct?
2: Absolutely. I mean, the truth is that as this big shift in the education community has happened, There's a lot of money out there on the table, right? There's, you know, here in Indiana, like over 50% of the state budget goes to education, right? So if public education and traditional brick and mortar schools are gonna see decreased enrollment, guess what? There's a lot of creative people out there that want to come in and fill in the gaps. And so, you know, I'm not saying that there's not a need for transformation, there's not, you know, that there's not a need for new programs. But what happens is a lot of people are treating the word homeschooling as a generic term. And it's not, it's not a generic term because every state has laws that apply to homeschooling. And so when some of these programs come in and they want to launch a new virtual public school, um, and it's a charter school, but they want it to look like homeschooling and they want to call it homeschooling even though you have to enroll and test and report, those are not things that we have to do in Indiana as homeschoolers. And so there's a lot of people that are adding a lot of confusion with these programs and it's happening in every state. Every state, new companies coming along saying, we can fill in the gap and there's a lot of money to be made and they're going to do everything possible to lure the homeschool community back into the system one way or the other.
0: Well, real quick here before we keep going, I think that's a good place to do an, uh, an ad. Um, and actually, hmm, maybe do you actually, do you want to go ahead and tell your story now about, you, you're going to kind of tie it in with the alliance, which uh, maybe we can do that kind yeah. of question. What is the alliance and how does that tie into what you all do? And then And then we'll go into the ad after that.
2: Sure. So real quickly, the Alliance is the shorthand for a national organization where we get to network with other state leaders. And so, you know, Todd had asked me how I kind of, you know, got involved with the Alliance and um, homeschoolfreedom.com, which I know we'll talk about more later. But in part, it's because my friend and your friend teaching textbooks. Um, My husband and I got to work for them years ago. We would work conventions. They would send us out and we were sales reps for teaching textbooks. And that allowed us to go out and visit other conventions in other states. And I got to see firsthand the value of state organizations and the wonderful people that are doing this work across the country. And they are overwhelmingly a volunteer army of people Um, And that's what the Alliance is. It's some of the best homeschool leaders in the entire country who put their life into these state organizations. And I got to go out and visit them all due to my great friends at Teaching Textbooks for years when I worked for them.
0: Well, maybe tell me, I mean, since you, it sounds like you, if you work for them, you probably have used them in the past, uh, I'm, I'm going to guess. Maybe could you explain what you liked about teaching textbooks? Just because I think it's always nice for people to, you know, hear from someone who's,
2: who's used it, re- you know, as well. Absolutely. So um, I, I only worked for them at conventions. I'm not a full-time employee. So this is, this is totally unbiased. But the reason we worked conventions for them was because they were one of the main reasons that we could finish high school. They were one of the you know when we when my oldest daughter was getting old enough and we were just being defeated by math um she started feeling like she was dumb and math was far you know beyond her grasp and i saw teaching textbooks in the timber doodle catalog back in the day and all teaching textbooks had at the time was algebra one and algebra two they only had two programs back then and so we, I bought it sight unseen, I think it was the first year they were out and we bought Algebra 2 and within two weeks, light bulbs went on for my daughter and all of a sudden she felt like she, she realized she could do math. And so for us, it was just such a shift to realize, wait a minute, curriculum is a tool and if you're using the wrong tool, you won't get the job done. So for us, teaching textbooks was just such a Such a blessing, it allowed us to finish high school and made math possible.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Thank you. And I mean, that was back, I think, in 1.0, maybe 2.0 at the time. I think it was 1.0. No, it was 1.0. And so now that this point, they're at least on 4.0. And I mean, it is you know (laughs) our head and shoulders above that at the time i mean it's so interactive it's so fun it's way easier to do you know at the time you had to watch a dvd and then you would you know do it all in in the workbook uh now it's all through the computer through basically any devices and internet browsers so go check them out tara said it's great i we all said it's great and they have a free trial over at their website teachingtextbooks.com but daddy want to tell us about homeschooling today
1: (laughs) um but we also want to thank uh homeschooling today magazine who also underwrites uh, part of this show. And and again, uh, I just picked up their magazine. They just, or just was mailed to me last week. It's an amazing magazine filled with lots of different articles that are encouraging and that encourage us to homeschool boldly, to, you know, to think outside the box, you know, to choose to to teach uh, the way we believe God would have us teach our kids. So if you want to homeschool boldly, you want to see a great magazine, want to be encouraged, um, check out and subscribe to Homeschooling Today magazine. Every, every edition is filled with encouragement and practical help from a big team of experienced homeschooling moms and dads, including me. And it's uh, sure to make you smile.
0: All right. Uh, so we were talking about the homeschool freedom, maybe, yeah, maybe then we could you go a little bit more into the homeschoolfreedom.com and kind of what all that is. Um, cause again, we've talked about the Alliance briefly the last couple of weeks, but not specifically that, um, could go into that
1: and, and kind of what's what, why did they start that? I yeah. mean, because, um, I know the Alliance was kind of a behind the curtain kind of, uh, organization, not that they were trying to be hidden, but it was just. It it didn't involve everybody. It really only involved state leaders. And uh, homeschoolfreedom.com kind of looks like now everybody can know that this homeschooling organization is big.
2: Yeah, so actually to go back to the years when I was working those conventions across the country, um, what I saw was a need for us as state organizations to be able to network together, to market together, to talk about what we do as state organizations um, so that when a family moves from one state to the next, they they ask, where's my state organization, right? That we should be talking about state organizations and what they do. So it was probably in 2016 that I was just a state leader, was attending these Alliance conferences and I told the board, we really need a project where we can talk about state organizations publicly because for so many years, They had been a network that got together and just wanted to encourage each other, which is valuable, beyond value. It's wonderful. But we needed to have a public face for the organization so that people knew what their state organization does, how they can find them, um, and a lot of the work, showcase the work that they do. So that is where homeschoolfreedom.com came from. It came from um, a few times of me begging to say, hey, let's work together. Let's you know, let's have something where we can showcase the work of state organizations. And that is what Homeschool freedom is. It is the ability for us to work together, talk about what state organizations do, work on projects together. Um, the Alliance also hosts the National Homeschool Day of Prayer. So this is coming up, I think this is our fifth year. In November. And so we do that through homeschoolfreedom.com. Um, we encourage everyone the first Friday of November every year to join us for the National Homeschool Day of Prayer. Um, we also, it's a way to, for us to share research and important happenings. So last year, when the Harvard Summit, and there's been multiple versions of the Harvard Summit, but the one that happened in spring of 2021, which was a collection of seven weeks, I think, of uh, workshops and Zoom meetings of national researchers coming together and they wanted to talk about homeschooling. So a lot of national researchers, they, for an hour every single week, would critique homeschooling and its success and, you know, the dangers of it. And so we, as state leaders under homeschool freedom, came along and we provided a response every week. So for an hour every week, we got together and we dissected and analyzed what these researchers had to say so you know we did that again on homeschoolfreedom.com families can find information there on how to get started how to find their state organization how to do transcripts Um, we also have a national field trip guide that we put together this past year with all 50 states so when you get in your big rv right and you want to travel (laughs) and go across the country we have a field trip guide for you all that's set and ready cool.
1: to go that's, cool. <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome well i was just looking uh through it just uh recently and and really everybody listening uh there's a big map that has your state on it you know you can click on it and i, I clicked on south carolina and uh, i don't know if all of them are set up this way but it basically has four different categories start homeschooling in south carolina comply with uh south carolina homeschool laws attend a homeschool events in south carolina locate homeschool groups in South Carolina. And I'm gonna guess that's all, most of the states are all the states that are part of this. And so everybody could be involved or connected. And I guess the question is, why should they be connected, uh, Tara? Because I know that there are a lot, you know, we kind of live in a society that says, we're free to be homeschoolers. We can do what we want. We don't need everybody. We have our small little group. Do we really need everybody in the state of Indiana or In the whole country
2: yeah i think that when you're in the trenches it's really hard to look up and see the big picture and that is totally reasonable but we are stronger when we work together we are stronger we're better protected when we work together we're more encouraged when we work together um and we can build a community that fills in all the gaps for the you know for individuals for the families that need help Um, for the protection for those that want to come against us that don't like the amount of freedom that we have because our critics are out there they are numerous and they are well funded and they are not happy with the growth in our numbers and so it is very important that you get connected that you stay informed and when you are in the trenches it's not possible you know to stay on top of everything because that's what we do as state organizations but we need your help you know state organizations have membership, they have, you can donate, you can volunteer and just make sure you're connected because we need you. We need to be together.
1: And I assume because I've seen and because I get several of them, um, there are emails that you can be a part of that you can get updates if there's something that they need people to sign up for or call people or uh, uh, field trip opportunities or lots of different kind of things like that.
2: Absolutely. Follow them on Facebook, join the Facebook groups, get connected via email. Um, any way you can get connected with your state organization, you want to do it.
1: Mm. And maybe this our last, maybe the last comment is, so <laughs> you say, and you say any way you want to get connected. Do you think the best way to get started? Because I know, again, I talk to moms all the time and go, I didn't even know there was a convention in Florida. And I'm like, or whatever state. And I'm like, how could you say that? Um, but what would be, for the mom who doesn't, she knows what state she lives in, but she doesn't know where, should they go to homeschoolfreedom.com? Would that be a good place to start or?
2: Yep, yeah, it, it is a great place to start to find your state organization and get connected there. Conventions are wonderful. I love conventions, but even pre-COVID, only what, maybe 10% of families Right could still go to a convention, and it's still only two days. If you can go, go. But the rest of the year, you still need to be plugged in. And so make sure that you do that, that you are getting the emails, you know, if if your state has local leaders, that you get connected with them, that you know who your organization is.
0: And this isn't just about, you know, obviously helping the state as a whole. It's also encouraging for the individual moms as homeschoolers. You know, I mean, the, the benefit is you get to connect it and have so many other homeschoolers who are in this with you and encouraging you as well. So you're not alone in it all. Uh, it's not just about, you know, legislation or, you know, helping the overall state organization. It is also about, you know, <laughs> you can't, you, sh- you don't need to do it alone yep. all by yourself. So I think that's a really Absolutely. amazing thing. So, and uh, Nancy uh, Manos, is that her, Manos, her last name? Uh, mm-hmm. She yeah. said that the National Homeschool Day of Prayer is November 4th. So, and then there's actually, she said there's hourly prayer prompts on Homeschool Freedom, which is cool. So, uh, I did not know about this, actually. So, we'll definitely yeah. have to uh, be participate in that. But uh, I think that's a good place, Dad.
1: Okay, well, I didn't even get to you asked her about ESAs because that was something that yeah. I had never until I went to Alliance, I'd never heard anybody say that, those three letters right. together. And it seemed to be a hot topic, but maybe we'll have to have you back um, to talk about that and um, to get all your wisdom on that. But sure. Tara, thanks for doing what you do, not just for the state of Indiana, but for really the entire country and um, in, in being part of the homeschool movement and leading the charge. Um, and we'll have to do it again. Well, hey, everybody, Uh, have a a great weekend, Um, you know, and I know sometimes when we talk about uh, homeschool, uh, the big picture, uh, you can forget the little picture. And really the little picture is important too. Um, That's the picture where it's just you and your kids sitting on a couch on a crisp Indiana fall day where the sun is shining and the leaves are just beginning to turn and you get to have your kids home which is the best place for your kids and the best place for you. And of course, that should make you smile.
0: Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed another episode of our podcast. If you would like more encouragement, head on over to our website, thesmilinghomeschooler.com for books, resources, and the homeschool personality test. Also, thank you to Teaching Textbooks for sponsoring Smiling Homeschooler. We couldn't do this without them. We really appreciate their support. Have a great week, and as always, keep smiling.